Left. Right. Well, this is a pretty potentially uh, scary episode. We're talking about nuclear attack and what it might look like on society today, on cities today, and humanity today. We hear a lot about nuclear attack, but a lot of that information comes from decades and decades ago. So we bring it a little more up to date. We bring the technology a little bit more up to date and the infrastructure of cities a little more up to date. And now we put it all together, see what it'll look like. So uh, this is scary for you. You may want to skip this one, um, but uh, it's kind of scary for me. So uh, uh, enjoy or, uh, or sweat it out, but I'll see you on the other end. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. <laughs> Cheers. 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 All right, we know that long pour is our cue. Welcome to Sip Talk, episode 192. My name is Justin DiGiulio out of my basement in New Jersey, joined by James, the Bosnator Boswell out of Charleston, South Carolina. The Bosnator is a philosopher, a professional referee, a bartender, and most exciting of all, an accountant. James. No longer sleeping in your basement. No longer sleeping in my basement. You did sleep in my basement. You were here. We are back from hiatus with episode 192 today. We are talking about what a nuclear attack would look like on a major city in the year 2022 or the uh, not-so-distant future. Um, we got we got a lot to talk about. It's a crazy, this is a pretty crazy topic. Just, you know, listening to the, the last video that, that you sent me, because uh, for those of you listening, what we do is we kind of share information back and forth, take some notes on it. And uh, James sent me a video. I was listening to it. I knew all of these things but then it's hitting me that this is what i think about when i think of a nuclear attack and nuclear weapons but i don't think most people think about the severity and the how multifaceted a nuclear attack would be and how much damage it would do i think that video does a really good job of hammering that point of like we all know it's bad but here's all the re like it's bad in every possible way and there's not really anything you can do. Like there's well, not uh, exactly. The, yeah, I mean, there's no if you're within a certain uh, proximity to the explosion, you you're you're dead, uh, and and further away, you're screwed. And in certain circumstances, it could be world-ending. Well, uh, I want to be as close to the explosion as possible, man. <laughs> See, I, I you know I disagree. I either want to be as close as possible or as far away as possible. I don't want to be anywhere in between. No, anywhere in between is is seriously hell. Um, so look, let's uh, let's get to it real quick. We got to talk about uh, some drinks here. So uh, you got a drink down there? I am drinking Pepsi Throwback. I am trying to get myself into better shape, so I am taking a hiatus from the alcohol for the foreseeable future. I'm in the same boat as you, but I I may partake in a little alcohol just uh, for the fun of it here. Got some some nice ice cubes. I've been running a lot. Yeah, I've been since I, I've been alternating between runs and bike rides for the last four days. I'm trying to, I want to get my mile time back down in the eight, like 
below eight minutes and I want to get my cycling speeds up and the only way to do that is to go outside and suffer and dude it is so humid in Charleston I went for a run on Sunday night and when I came back like it looked like I had just like jumped in a pool like everything was completely soaked through it was not a dry spot anywhere because like just things don't evaporate here uh, well, it's it's pretty humid. It's pretty hot here. I uh, I had a similar uh, instance. I ran this weekend, and I had a mesh a mesh uh, tank top on, and <laughs> this might be a little too graphic, but it it fucking rubbed my nipples raw, man. Yeah, that's why you don't wear those kind of shirts. <laughs> the extra weight from uh, from the the wetness in the material, and it's supposed to be like this ultra breathable, but I was just sweating too fast. Um, it's no good. It was no good. So yeah, I was wearing like nice lightweight stuff, but like if you dunk something lightweight in the pool, it's not going to do much for you. And uh, that's, that's basically what, where we ended up. <laughs> yeah, both of us, uh, eleven hundred miles apart, or some version of that. So look, um, well, let me have a sip of this, and then and then I want to get into nuclear tech because you know, you want to talk a little bit about current events, what's going on with with nuclear attacks. Well, uh, the threat of nuclear weapons being used was legitimately like thrown out there by Putin at the very beginning of the Ukraine war. and Well, prior to that, Trump talked quite a bit. He was one of the first presidents to be talking openly just about nuclear weapons. Like, it's something you don't want on the forefront of your mind. You don't well, want your president, you know, mentioning it, you know, a couple times a day, a few times a week. Here's the thing about Trump is... He likes to pretend that he's strong, but if you look at his pattern of action, he almost always takes a path of least resistance or least conflict. Um, and so even though, even though Trump's rhetoric very often seemed like it could be getting us into war, when it came time to make decisions about anything war-related, Trump actually chose the the more peaceful option. And I can think about... When we got into a tiff with Iran about something, uh, I think it was us assassinating one of their generals, which was probably a bad move. And then Iran re retaliated by, like, bombing one of our military bases in Iraq. Like, there was a, like, a sortie that was going out to bomb some target in Iran, and Trump actually called it off. And Oh, as to not escalate things. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the exact reason. I'm sure that not escalating things probably would have been part of it. But I, I guess I just have to look at it and say, like, one of the few good things I can say about Trump is that when it came to, like, violence, he was a giant pussy. He talked a right. lot about it, but he never really did anything about it, which well, look, ultimately, if you have to pick between the two of those, I'll take the former. So... Yeah, obviously we had Trump talking a lot about uh, our nuclear weapons. We have this crisis in Ukraine where Putin said a month and a half ago or so that if the U.S. intervened, we would what, – what was the phrase exactly? We would suffer uh, – do you remember this phrase? I'll take that as a, uh, as a no. Uh, you look frozen. That's why. All right. The oh. phrase that 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 uh, Putin used when he said, uh, "I'm looking it up right now." If the U.S. intervenes, they'll they'll face uh, not unimaginable, but 
uh, you know, like retaliation in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, you have it. Part, no, I, I, I can. All right. So look, but, but I, what I want to get into is I want to share just the first uh, couple seconds of the video, which is I think probably the reason that we are talking about this. But the video that was released on Monday from New York City, and I sent this video to you, but it was it was just released. New York City had no commentary on it, and they just. Oh, I watched that video. I've got some thoughts on it. All right. Well, let me just. But but again, they just released it on their YouTube channel and just let it lie, and uh, they made can you no just, comment. Actually, just play the entire video because I like it was really the ending of the video where all of my thoughts kind of came together. <laughs> I can't do that because we're we'll run into copyright issues. But let me just. But it's it's, let, it's a public video. Let me. Uh, it's a minute and thirty seconds. So. So let me see if I can get it on uh, on a shared screen here, and uh, play the whole video because, like, it doesn't make a lot of sense to only play part of it, especially considering the way the video ends. Okay, all right. So let me just do a, a quick shared screen here. I got to figure out how the hell to do that. It's, it's been a little while, and uh, oh god, come on. Let's see. Video input. Because uh, if this is from like some kind of public agency or whatever, then as long as we say this is from where whoever I produced can, it, uh, hang on. Well, yeah, the issue is Rosh keeps commenting and it keeps popping up over my options here. So uh, <laughs> I keep I go to click the options and then I'm I'm in the text here. All right, Rosh, so do you have gonna... any thoughts on that? <laughs> Please don't share them. Not right now. <laughs> uh, all right, my computer's kind of running. Uh, there we go. So, that works. I'm seeing uh, it. You got this. All right. So I'm going to share with you the uh, the video here. So there's been a nuclear attack. Don't ask me how or why. Just know that the big one has hit. Okay. So what do we do? There are three important steps that I want you to remember. Step one, get inside fast. You, your friends, your family, get inside. And no, staying in the car is not an option. You need to get into a building and move away from the windows. Step two, stay inside. Shut all doors and windows. Have a basement? If you don't have one, get as far into the building as possible. If you were outside after the blast, get clean immediately. Remove and bag all our clothing to keep radioactive dust or ash away from your body. Step three, stay tuned. Follow media for more information. Don't forget to sign up for Notify NYC for official alerts and updates. And don't go outside until officials say it's safe. All right, you've got this. You've got this. <laughs> Okay, so all right. Well, look. I mean, I think. I mean, honestly, it's it's not. Oh, I gotta switch the the video back over. Not bad advice if you're in the Goldilocks zone, you know. Well, no, no. It, I think like there there's some advice in there that actually is good. But have you ever heard of the uh, the Reddit, the subreddit, the rest of the fucking owl? 
No, I, I, I spend zero time on Reddit. And, okay, well, it's a subreddit it. dedicated to, like, the, the founding picture is, like, how to draw an owl. And, like, it starts with a blank piece of paper. And it's, like, step one, draw, like, like two little circles. <laughs> I know and where then, like, going. I know where and then, going. like, step three is draw the rest of the owl. <laughs> That's a, yeah, I knew that. That's exactly where I was going. And so, yeah, it's just a subreddit dedicated to, like, handy guides that seem to make it, see, like, that, that just show, like, here's how you do it. And then it's just, like, step one, step two, and it's done. You're like, all right, well, what about all the other things? Like, I don't know how to do that. And so I kind of got that same. Yeah. I read a lot of instructions and, and I do a lot of uh, actual labor building and putting things together. I know the feeling really well and the instructions just don't add up to reality. So sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so watching that video, when it got to step three, it just made me feel like rest of the fucking owl of like, there's a <laughs> lot of things missing here. And because <laughs> first of all, if you're in an area that's directly affected by a nuke, like, the whole idea of like staying tuned, that, that's not going to happen. Like, yeah, like, because <laughs> not only do you not have power or water or any other utilities, yeah, the, the cell towers are probably on fire. <laughs> yeah, so. the cell towers are either vaporized, knocked over, or on fire for enough of a distance that well, you're not going to have a cell phone signal. I, on fire was the best, <laughs> the best case scenario. Yeah, on fire means that like they might eventually be put out. <laughs> <laughs> um so oh, like the idea of like well let's see what twitter has to say that's just not gonna happen and the whole idea of staying put is also really unrealistic because if you're hurt or let's let's just imagine that you're not hurt let's say that everything's fine but like obviously your building's damaged but most people don't have emergency food or even just regular food that will last them more than like what do you think three to five days out well and that's if, assuming refrigeration works so look if you were in uh columbus circle in manhattan and you were un in the underground of the building you were stuck in uh whole foods you might be in good shape but if you were anywhere not else, for as long as you think actually <laughs> you're anywhere else you'd be screwed so uh why is that the fire of the no we... no no I'm, I'm i'm assuming that like the building's intact but i'm also assuming that it's lost power and so like when all that refrigeration fails the food that's supposed to be refrigerated is going to start to rot and quick and it's going to very quickly become a biohazard that you can't be around yeah you can't so, it's not like, like you can kind of raid the par like the non-perishables and take a whole bunch of canned foods and stuff like that but you're not going to want to be in that store after like three or four days because stuff is going to rot and you'll get sick. And it's going to bring in other things. Like, I'm reminded animals. of a story. I don't remember where. Maybe Texas. But there was a grocery store that shut down and like suddenly for some reason. Don't ask me why. But like all the stuff in the grocery store was just left and like they, they cut the power and everything else. And when they came like it was like a month later that oh, they no. came in to like clean the building out. And the, the workers that were doing it were wearing, like, the same kind of biohazard suits that you would if you were, like, fighting Ebola. Yeah, I, I believe that. It makes me think of uh, E.T. It was the the E.T. costumes. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, no, that, that, like, that was what was required for them to go into that grocery store and clean it all out. All right, so look, let's can we follow the, the basic transcript from the YouTube channel Kurzgesagt? 
Kurskasat. I think I'm pronouncing Kurskasat. Kurskasat. Um, so Kurskasat, in a nutshell, is a YouTube channel. That's K U R Z G E S A G T. I think they're dash, Danish. In a nutshell, it's not, yeah, yeah. I, I would buy that accent. Um, but they have a really good video about what happens in a nuclear attack. We're going to kind of follow through the transcript and uh, paraphrase a little bit. But they... And we they, should also just recommend that channel to anybody. Like, they make a whole bunch of good videos, and this video in particular... Dude, I, I, I watch so much YouTube, I've never, I've never seen this channel. I watch other similar channels with a narrator that sounds legit exactly the same. But this is a, it's a great channel, lots of great content. I just subscribed to it. I, I mean, I wish we had, like, we were, you know, I'm not getting paid to promote it. But it really, like, there's so much content, I can't wait to... Uh, to start to watch this one yeah all the so, videos are well made well scripted and no we're not getting paid by them they're just a good producer so you want to set the set the uh scene here with this first, first paragraph and then we'll kind of alter back and forth there well i guess the, the the scene is nothing is happening it's just a normal day in the city and you know city things are happening and you're paraphrasing uh, okay. a little too much. You can you can use some of their you can use some of their oil, you know uh, oil paint here and, and yeah I know and, but I I prefer to put my own language which let is me, let city me read things it. are happening. Let me read it. <laughs> Mid, middle of downtown, the major city, people are going to work, studying for exams, uh, and they're lost in their thoughts in their daily lives. Right here, a nuclear weapon is detonated. <laughs> yours was yours was it's a city and people are doing city things. Well, yeah, it, it accomplishes the exact same goal. Not not for the people that just don't have the 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 wherewithal to create the mental imagery. So, so people, people are doing city cities. Things. They know uh, what city things are. Uh, I, I suppose. I guess in this, yeah, for this thought experiment, it's a single bomb dropped in a single city. Because if you have more bombs going off, then you have all sorts of problems like nuclear winter. Yeah, and we're not going to get there. We could talk about that afterwards. Um, Although that is a potential solution to global warming. <laughs> it you is. want to think out of it outside let's, the box let's, here. Let's get there. Let's get there afterwards because I watch a lot of videos, and, and, and that's one. So, so look, uh, we're talking one bomb in the middle of a, a major city. We, you know, we could use New York City, for example, just because we both know it pretty well. Um, so you want to you talk about the first phase, the the less than a set so the bomb goes off and then within one second so less than a second oh within like less than like almost instantaneously you're going to have like this giant fireball of plasma that just like engulfs well depending on the size of the bomb like anywhere from a couple hundred yards to half a kilometer or more and that just erases everything in 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 a certain radius just everything's erased just poof gone um, and that's where I want to be. Because, um, like, by the time the light from the explosion hits you, you're just dead. Well, and that's that's kind of the way to go, man. Well, you don't, and, and we will get there. Like, you, you, you don't want to be in the, you don't want to be dealing with the after effects uh, on a firsthand basis. All right, so yeah. I'm going to set the explosion to the Empire State Building. Wonderful. That's legit. Uh, uh, two blocks from my office. <laughs> That's well, not cool. Because there's a, it's called nuclearsecrecy.com/nukemap, and it's basically Google Maps, 
and then you can have it overlay like a radius of an explosion to see like what areas would be annihilated and it'll even give you like options of like different sized nuclear bombs so and where you're placing them so a medium sized bomb so you know what? we're just going to put this over msg madison okay. square garden is what we're choosing to destroy because uh okay. well the knicks can't possibly have a worse season so okay so so what's a medium sized nuclear weapon how much um, how much is in the immediate uh, space. Now we're talking about a, a, a ball of plasma that is growing from the epicenter that is uh, hotter than the sun. So, and, this, we and we're pick... talking, we're talking. This happens in a millisecond, so not even a full second. So when James says he wants to be at the epicenter, that is because you won't even know it happened. It basically like the the initial explosion and like ball of plasma expands <laughs> at nearly the speed of light. So you're not even going to have time like if you're if your back is turned to this, you're not going to have enough time to turn your head to look at it. Yeah, exactly. You um think about so, flipping the switch. Think about flipping the switch in a in a, a light switch in a room and the light going on. It's about it's that amount of time between when you flip the switch and when the light goes on. And you and yeah, you would and, be vaporized. Yeah, and so if we use, like, for example, um, Fat Man, which was the bomb that was dropped on Nagasaki, that had a radius, that had a strength of about 20 kilotons, which is that, actually really small by modern standards. And it's also a 75-year-old bomb. Yeah, but, like, who, who, like, well, we're not dropping that one again. It was already dropped. But, um, <laughs> All right, like, so look, the actual, what happened? So, so what's, the what's actual the... fireball radius yeah. is only about 0.13 kilometers. It's not that big. So, like, it's basically going to erase Madison Square Garden and some of Penn Station. But erase. We're talking vaporized, basically, the buildings, the cars, the people, the trees... Oh, they they're, they're just vapor. You're just going to have a circle, a sphere that big carved out and they, where yeah, nothing they exists. Yeah, at, at yeah. a molecular atomic level, they just, just, you know. Yeah, if we go with there. something a little bit bigger, um, like we'll pick the first, we'll, we'll pick the largest bomb that's currently in the United States arsenal. Um, let me move this. Come on. James just placing bombs on the map here. That's yeah, not, I'm, I'm that's bombing Midtown Manhattan right now. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> you shouldn't have added that last part. <laughs> so now, if we go with the largest bomb in our arsenal, if we drop it on MSG, the the radius is going to go all the way to the Javits Center. Okay. So from MSG to the Javits Center, draw a circle that big. And all of that's gone. Yeah, gone. And so, uh, like, there's going to be lots of other stuff that's gone. This is just stuff that's just like poof, vanished. So, also in that instant, you have a flash of light that that basically like a wave passes through the city, uh, a light that you can see for miles. And if you happen to be facing it you're going to be blind for a couple of hours even if you are very far away from it yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get to that one because i've got all right so 
if you if you were standing anywhere within about 13 kilometers so basically from newark you need to be in newark to not have like the thermal radiation problems of like the the flash of light blinding you you need to be in newark that what's that about eight miles yeah okay so if you're within eight miles uh you basically you're almost immediately on fire you're you're consumed by this this thermal pulse which is which well, is and that's also going to be moving at the speed of light. So, like, by the time you can see it, if you're within, like, that eight miles or whatever, like, you are going to be blinded and you're not going to be vaporized. You're, you're going to be on fire. It's a thermal pulse that's, that's full of energy and heat. And yeah, but this is different from the shockwave. Yeah, like, no, exactly. Yeah, but it, because it's moving at the speed of light, the shockwave is not moving at the speed of light. Yeah, it would be like... You know, if you're standing, if you're near a bonfire, and like even if you're 50 feet away, you can still feel the heat of the bonfire. So now imagine you're eight miles away and someone just lit that bonfire, except it's not like you're, but you're standing not 50, 50 feet, feet away, away from it. it. No, you're, you're in like the bonfire. <laughs> yeah, you're on the bonfire. And that's carrying at the speed of light uh, the moment of the detonation within roughly, in this case, about uh, eight miles out. Yeah, which is so still not vaporized. instant. You're not because vaporized, like, but you're brought no. to you're brought to three thousand degrees Fahrenheit. Or... Yeah. So imagine, like, when you turn the light on in your room, it also sets you on fire. <laughs> yeah, it brings <laughs> you instantly to the temperature of a bonfire. Oh, not only are you on fire, everything around you is too. Well, yeah, uh, it, it's going to burn anything that is flammable. So, uh, that is that is not cool. So hopefully. You are outside of that eight-mile radius of the epicenter, because otherwise you're probably not really surviving. Yeah, if you and even if you're like maybe ten or twelve miles away, like it's not like you just don't feel anything. It's it's like you're still going to have burns and you're going to have eye damage and all sorts. Oh yeah, of other it doesn't stuff. it doesn't stop at eight miles and we're like, ah, well, that's <laughs> it good. We're good. It's less no, bad. It just, it just it, it slowly decreases in strength and temperature. <laughs> so if you're eight and a half miles, you're still probably pretty cooked too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not going to need to go to the tanning bed anytime soon. <laughs> a tanning, tanning salon is probably also on fire. Um, so, but yeah, you could be Although in your being car. being inside the tanning bed might not be bad. Uh, why is that? You think that might... Just to think about the amount of shielding on the outside of it. <laughs> yeah, you would... The... It, the plexiglass, the acrylic would instantly melt, though. So you. Oh, would, I, I don't. Know. I thought they were metal. Like I, I've never well, been the inside glass, of one. The glass that you you've never been in a tanning bed. No. Mm, all right. Well, good for you. Keep, keep it that way. Get your tan on the soccer field. But I, like, I, I get my tan from like this the, window. The, yeah, the, <laughs> the, the the mid arm, the mid the mid upper arm down, and then you can kind of see the, it. Yeah, I can see it, and then the neck the neck up. Um, all right, so let's talk about the second phase. So instantly, you, that we're talking within a millisecond, you get this, either you're, you're in the initial pulse and you're eviscerated, or you're within a few miles and you are on fire. And we're talking like bonfire uh, heat. Yeah, now if you're in a building, you're going to be okay. Like if you, if, if you don't have like a direct line of sight to where it blew up, you'll be okay temporarily. Because sure, the outside is on fire, and, like, anything that can be exposed to the light from that. So, like, you might have some fires in your apartment or something. 
but it's definitely something that you'd be able to put out. Um, but that's only going to help you for about the next 10 seconds. Okay, so let's talk about the phase two. The shockwave? Uh, sure. Well, um, and because there's the some crazy videos of nuclear it. tests. So okay. yeah, you've got this shockwave or like you've got this explosion. So it just pushes out this tremendous amount of air and then rebounds back in. And you've got this just shockwave of air moving out at faster than the speed of sound. And it's just going to be knocking over tons of buildings and blowing out windows and everything else. So if you're in a building and you're close enough that you weren't vaporized and you haven't burned burned to death yet, like whatever this figure, whatever the time it takes the speed of sound to get from the air, like the explosion to you, that's how much time you have until faster than like the strongest tornadoes winds hit you. So I, I think I think this isn't talked. I think a lot of people may not understand the difference in the speed of sound and the speed of light. And the further you are from the epicenter, the more distance, the more time is going to pass between that flash where you then wander to the windows and say, what the hell was that? And then this shockwave. And this shockwave is effectively a pulse of energy that is moving past, faster than the speed of sound, but but still relatively slow compared to that flash of light. And, so, and this yeah, like let's say, let's say you're in. They drop this on Madison Square Garden, and you're in Secaucus. So that's okay. about seven and a half kilometers away. So what about four miles? So you got about twenty seconds, and then you're going to get blasted with this shockwave. But, but, yeah, but 20 seconds, you see this big flash of light. 20 seconds is more than ample time to be like, what the fuck just happened? Let me look out the window. Well, yeah, but you're not going to want to look out the window because, like, you're close enough that you will be burned pretty badly. Um, but, like, let's assume that, like, you see this big flash of light and you're smart enough to know what that is. Like, you need to, you've got 20 seconds to find someplace safe in your building because chances are it's going to get blown over by this shockwave. Yeah. So you need to, your building's going to collapse in 20 seconds. Find someplace safe. Go. You're not allowed to go outside because you'll be burned. So the heat and the radiation of the initial fireball, they create superheated air that is also super compressed uh, around that epicenter. And now it's expanding at an explosive rate. So, uh, so then you have this, this pulse coming out that is effectively well stronger than hurricane or tornado force winds. So if a tornado could knock your house down, this pulse could knock your house down. With, with room left to spare. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, the, what they say here is human infrastructure is really no match for the power of this. Yeah, yeah, unless you've got, like, an absurdly well-constructed building or, like, a building specifically constructed to withstand a nuclear blast, which there aren't many of those, then you're just toast. Yeah, and, um, and you know, we're talking trees just falling over. Have you ever seen some of those videos where the trees just go... Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what we're talking about. 
Yeah, there's a really cool one where they show the shockwave. You can actually see, like, the air moving at, like, a 45-degree angle, kind of like a buzzsaw. Yeah. Yeah. And that's literally what it looks like is happening to the terrain around. It, it looks like somebody is shaving over the trees, like stubble in a beard. Um, so, obviously, it gets weaker the further out it goes. Uh, but they're saying about 175 square kilometers outside of the the epicenter houses collapse like they're made out of cards and the people in them are obviously trapped uh gas stations are exploding and and also the crazy amount of heat is putting everything on fire so if you survive and you're trapped in your basement everything around you from the trees to the rest of your house to the fucking grass is on fire and you know that that gets that gets pretty lousy because what's happened what, what feeds fire well air and that's where we're going next okay. is let's assume you survived the shock wave and you weren't burned to a crisp and you were in like a basement or something so you've got this giant mushroom cloud that is now rising up into the atmosphere and it's pulling air with it so you had this blast sending tons of air out and then immediately afterwards air rushes back in and up into the mushroom cloud. And so you've got this, like, again, probably close to hurricane force winds now feeding fresh oxygen into all the stuff that's burning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're because of the heat, it's instantly low pressure. So you have, you have all this. Well, it's also low pressure just because of convection where like you've got something rising, something has to, yeah. Something's got to fill that space, which Mm -hmm. is, which is air coming from the outside. So you just, you have this. I mean, it's it's it's. Oh, I mean, I, I was gonna say earthquake, but that's it's a fucking. Well, no, it, like, um, <laughs> news, well, nuclear weapons cause seismic level events that can be measured on seismometers. Oh, so earthquake is not inaccurate here. But imagine being stuck in your basement and just the the oxygen is being sucked out. Oh, I right? didn't think about that. That's where I yeah. was going with that. That's where I like mm. you're in your basement, but. You know, if you've ever seen like a fire, you have this suction coming from below, and that's the cool air coming up into that convection effect, right? Because the, the heat is rising, but it's being it's being fed by the cooler air below. That makes me that, think there was a a female performance artist that would do all sorts of like audacious and really dangerous stunts. Um, one of them was it was like an art exhibit where like she she like chained herself up to a wall. And, like, along next to it was, like, a variety of different objects, ranging from, like, like I don't know, like, a feather duster to, like, a loaded pistol. And, like, the, the exhibit was basically, do what you want. That was one of her exhibits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one person actually, like, pulled the pistol and, like, like pointed at her and someone, like, swatted it away. But... Like oh, wow. It was a live loaded pistol, but she did another one. I don't know exactly what happened, but she wanted to do something where she was in the middle of like, let's imagine she's in the middle of a circle of like eight big fires. And she wanted to do something in those, like in the circle while those fires were going. Okay. And so she's in the middle of that circle doing whatever she wants. They light the fires. And she's gonna run what she didn't fire. expect was that those fires took away all of her oxygen. Yeah. What happened? Did she survive? Yeah, she survived. I think, like, because I don't think it was, like, wood fires. It was probably, like, like oil or gasoline-powered yeah, fires yeah, so they could exactly. cut them off. But, yeah, like, 
I think she passed out, and that's when they realized, like, oh, we need to do something. And so they ran in and, like, pulled her out, and she was okay. But, yeah, wow. like, fire sucking away oxygen, and, like, it's entirely possible to suffocate during a fire, not from smoke, but just because the fire takes all the air. All right, so let's 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 move forward. Rosh, this is the presidential car nuclear proof. No. Uh, no, no, nor is the Pope mobile. <laughs> uh, uh, it's just, it's not possible. So the question on uh, TikTok says, is there any way this can be stopped? That's the crazy thing. The answer is no. Like, outside of, like, preventing the bomb from actually being dropped, like, once the bomb is dropped, once it detonates, like, because the, the video kind of goes on, like, we're skipping ahead here, but one of the video's main points is that for the most part, governments don't even bother with like. Oh, hold on. Let's get there at the end. Let's get there at the end. Well, right? I, like he's ha because, I'm answering their question though. Yeah, I know, I know, but that's that's you got to listen. You, uh, who who is this? Let me see. Eon Wildarian. Eon. Uh, Eon. Uh, you, you just just hang tight because we're we're okay. we're, gonna, we're gonna get to the real scary aspect of this. In a All minute. right. So we've I'm done the shockwave. We've All done right. the like winds rushing in and feeding the fires let's assume that you have survived all of that okay let's what are go you left with well let's go should we go further out should we should we hit uh, uh so they're talking about the uh, the firestorm that's just burning the rubble everybody's trapped uh and people are basically unable to flee uh but up to 21 kilometers from the explosion People like you rush to their windows. So now we're saying even further away. And oh, yeah. Like, you can, like this shockwave, even if it's not powerful enough to, like, knock down your house or whatever, you can be really far away and, like, your windows can still blow out. This is, like, this is basically, like, 10 to to 15 miles, depending on, on the size of the bomb. And you have the shockwave is still carrying its way to you. So you see the light. You go to your window, and your windows can still blow out. And that's a 10 to 15 miles from from the initial explosion. Yeah, so this would be like if, like, all the way up to about Yonkers, you would have right. windows blown out. So look, so now let's, what we need to talk about now is the third phase. So not the initial millisecond from when you flip the switch and the light goes on. Not 15 to 20 seconds later. I would say the uh, first couple minutes, really. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what we've been talking about. Uh, but let's let's talk about the you know hours later, a couple of days later. This is where the problems, whatever problems you had, this is where they get worse. And this is and this is the real reason why you're like I want to be either the other side of the world or at the epicenter. Yeah. Like if you got to choose at this point. If being on the other side of the world isn't an option, this is when you want to be at the epicenter. You don't want to deal with this shit. No. Um, uh, go ahead. So the video talks about how, like, after the, the mushroom cloud kind of, like, dissipates, it can cause, like, localized precipitation, and that precipitation is black radioactive rain. Oh, you, you are you're a little further ahead... Uh, you're a little further ahead than me. I'm going to impose. Oh, I'm, I'm going off memory. I'm not following the script. Oh, come on, man. What are we <laughs> putting this together for? So, no, we're we'll, talking we'll about a third phase, which is saying that a nuclear explosion isn't a simple disaster. It's like every natural disaster 
at once. You have hundreds of thousands, or depending on the city, like New York, millions of people with serious injury, major lacerations, broken bones, severe, severe burns. Um, and then over the next few minutes and hours, uh, a, a large percentage of them are going to die because they succumb to those injuries. So you're dealing because with... Because they their, can't get treated. Where are you going to well, go? But also you're just dealing with people that are like have life, uh, have these mortal injuries, and they're just kind of basically dying because... Well, and also all the doctors are hurt too. Well, in every <laughs> hospital, it's inoperable. inoperable. Well, yeah, because think about it. Whatever, whatever amount all the regional hospitals do in a year... They just had that demand happen in two minutes. Yeah, well, then you're not you're not getting there in two minutes, anyways. But yeah, no, but I'm just saying that like even, the like whatever the they do in a year, in two minutes, you're here. Yeah, you're you're way beyond that. So you got people that are trapped in buildings, like earthquakes have gone off. You have people that are blind and deaf from the explosion, the flash, and the the blast wave. Broken uh, bones, cuts, burns. But but you also have bridges and tunnels that are completely destroyed. So that people are trapped, which has got to be terrifying, confusing, and effectively directionless. Like you don't know what to do and where to go. Yeah, because if the, like if we stick with the New York example, all the bridges are going going to have collapsed. All the train oh, yeah. lines are just like all the train tracks are going to be screwed. Well, talking of seismic, your your tunnels are going to be probably filled with water. Um, yeah, if they don't collapse, then like you're, yeah, like filling them up, like flooding well, yeah, of I mean, all yeah, the underground flood, stuff yeah. could very easily happen. So, yeah, and you're, uh, like you said, the doctors are, are dead, the hospitals are leveled. Um, so, uh, you're, you know, if you're relatively close, you are basically screwed. So now you talk about what's been sucked up into this mushroom cloud, you have all this radioactive dust and dirt that is now raining down on top of the city. Uh, and the, and these are their words, the invisible malicious, malicious, the invisible malicious silent horror of radiation takes its turn. Uh, with every breath, you carry poison to your lungs. So the air is radioactive. The rain is radioactive. Uh, this is when people receive their highest doses of radioactive whatever, in whatever form, whether it's it's the dust that's on them, whether it's in the air, whether it's the water. Uh, and this is this is where it gets pretty messy because radioactive exposure kills your it, it basically your immune system is inoperable and uh your well, it your depends cells, on the dose well of course it depends on the dose but with a so either it's you die very fast or if you have a decent amount of it you your cells basically decay so you start bleeding from every orifice your i would call that like a medium system, dose yeah yeah fair enough uh your your digestive system stops working uh your body basically slowly uh disintegrates but of course it's very bloody because your body is full of blood yeah. and your, your cells can't reproduce effectively so you know your cells are constantly dying and reproducing except in this case your cells are constantly dying and your body is basically and if they're reproducing they're often reproducing wrong yeah um 
And, and like I said, you know, your immune system is failing you. So you're getting sick and then your body is not able to fend that off. And it's, it's a, it's a very rapid death. Yeah. And then the low dose would be in a couple of years, you get horrific cancer. Like leukemia or, or something along these lines. Yeah. Um, so, but you also have, so you, there's no way out really of the city. You have no running water. You mentioned this earlier. You got no electricity, no communication, which is funny where they're like, oh, just tune into our Twitter feed. We'll, we'll tell yeah, you what to do. <laughs> that's the one that got me the most. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let me, let me just look on your, on your LinkedIn page and see, you know, see if you've written like, any articles. Their first, their first two tips are actually not bad. Yeah, like, I mean, if, get inside, stay inside, get rid of your of clothes room. if they if you were outside. Yeah, uh, I mean that's not not bad, um, but also you know the stores are decimated, um, and then also the help from surrounding cities is going to have a lot of difficulty getting to the disaster area. Plus, not just arriving there, but they're concerned with radioactive contamination, which is making it very risky for them to come to you. Yeah, the so any rescuers are going to have to wait for, like, radiation suits before they can even come in. Yeah, I mean, that would be really dumb if they just kind of bum-rushed and, and just, I mean, they would be dying at a, almost as fast rate. So, uh, you know, for, for a long time, you're just kind of on your own. Um, and people will be, you know, as fires dissipate, uh, in, if people have survived the lack of oxygen and the heat and any injuries... Uh, you know, they're going to be slowly escaping and crawling from whatever rubble. These people are going to be in a lot of pain. They're going to be traumatized. They're going to need food and water. Uh, and a lot of them are going to be, need pretty serious medical treatment. I would say even if you were, like, let's just imagine you were in, like, the blast zone or whatever. And let's say that you were able to somehow escape with no injuries whatsoever. You're still screwed. Because you're going to end up with hardcore cancers, yeah? And also just surviving in that environment. Like, never mind the cancer that's going to be in three or four years. Like, you've got an extremely dangerous environment and no resources. So then you want to go to a dentist's office. And, you know, when they when they take that, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, x-ray of your tooth? No, kangaroo, yes, that was the word. You go to the dentist and they take your kangaroo. When you go to the dentist and they take an x-ray, but they step out of the room and they put the the lead vest on you, yeah. your best bet would be to be near, near a dentist's office and go get some lead vests and, and just drape them over your body everywhere you want. Yeah, like tape them together and you're wearing a lead suit. <laughs> you you can walk around in your 40 pounds of clothing. <laughs> uh, but really, that would be the safest way. Like, There's not much else you can... Uh, and actually, this is a case where wearing one of those stupid masks would help you a lot. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, the mask would be. You don't want to change the mask often, but uh, and, and but that's actually going to filter out a ton of the particulate matter that's radioactive. Mm -hmm. Like those N95 masks, masks are going to. You like you. I would love to beat the anti-maskers after a nuclear weapon hits. Well, that's the, That's exactly. That's the thing. Like, it, you know, I can. T I'll tell you something about the masks. I can tell when somebody like actually believes in it, and when somebody's just doing it. I was. I was at an event the other day. And there was a, a bunch of different tables of people. One person had their mask on from what I saw almost the entire event, but then like was in just a big group of just random people and just took the mask off to just randomly eat cake. And I was like, all right, so you're like, you're not, 
your brain's not with it, right? Like, you know, if you're in this situation, you're going to leave a mask strapped to your face as much as possible. You're not going to take it off for any reason. You're going to try to put the food inside of your mask if you if the time calls for you needing to eat. Like, you're not... Or you're going to go, like, far away from people when you want to eat. Well, no, I'm not talking about coronavirus. I'm talking about nuclear... Yeah, if this person truly believed in the safety of the mask, they wouldn't have just taken the mask off their face in a group of people shoulder to shoulder to eat cake. Right. Yeah, that's my point. It's like <laughs> if so, in a nuclear, you'd be treating it like a nuclear attack, right? You would not take the mask off your face. That's yeah, that's say, when you know somebody's like actually thinking. Yeah, I, I, I got you. Yeah. So so yeah, like even if you escape injury, you're, you're still going to have a really rough time because navigating your way away from the disaster zone is not going to be as simple as just firing up a car and driving away. Because even if you can find a car that runs, good luck finding a street that's clear. So I think, is there anything we're missing in painting this picture? Like if, well, if you're anywhere close to the... Let's let's answer it now that we've kind of fleshed everything out. Like the, the, the question from TikTok of, is there anything you can do? And I was saying, no, not really, to the, to the extent that, like, government emergency agencies don't even bother coming up with a plan for this one because it is so hopeless. Well, that's, that's part of the issue, right? Like, like what, what is the plan? Like, if, if, if someone else has, if another country has nuclear weapons, is it safer for you... Are you going to be feeling safer if your country doesn't have them? Or are you going to be feeling safer if your country does have them? Neither. Well, I, I, if you had to rate them, I feel like being able to say, hey, we can throw nuclear weapons back at you and NU is going to be a reason for them not to throw nuclear weapons at you. But that... Uh, it's it's like having a gun right now in the in the current environment that I we have. Disagree. The best way that I've heard this described, I think, was originally by Carl Sagan, where, in reference to the arms race between the United States and Russia, where each country had literally tens of thousands of nuclear weapons, he described it as two people in a room full of gasoline trying to collect as many matches as they could. Yeah, I mean, that's that's effectively what, what it is. Right now, Russia has, uh, as of the date of this, what, let's see, let me, uh, let me look at the date on this, uh, March 8th, 2022. 9,000. Russia, Russia has, I have 5,977. Okay. And then the U.S. has 5,428. So and let's see. So, this. Like, think about that. Do like, how many do you really need? And the answer is not five thousand. Well, it's where you're placing them, right? They've been strategically no. placed. Like, you, you, there's no way that you need that many. Neither country does. Like, even if even if you buy the argument that us having them makes the other country less likely to use them, like. There aren't five thousand useful targets on the planet. I was I was thinking that too. Like, where are you putting all these? Where are you I would say, I don't know. A hundred would probably be sufficient. 
hundreds more than enough. It's overkill. Yeah, exactly. But that's still one <laughs> one fiftieth what we have. So in 2017, two thirds of the countries in the world, uh, and then you know obviously many civil society organizations, the Red Cross uh, and Red Crescent, they uh, created a movement to prohibit and eliminate nuclear weapons. However, the countries that have the nuclear weapons didn't really abide by this. Of course they wouldn't. What are you going to do and, about it? And, and what you said, it's not about who has the nuclear weapons or the number of nuclear weapons. It's the weapons themselves. And they pose an existential threat to the planet Earth. So no matter what country you're from, no matter what political side you find yourself on, you can relate that having nuclear weapons is detrimental to us all. We haven't even gotten into uh, winds and weather and climate change. You want to talk a little bit about that? Well, depend if you have just one nuclear bomb go off, it's not really going to do much to the planet. Like, let's assume that like that one bomb going off doesn't start a war, doesn't do anything else. It's just that one bomb. That like, there's not going to be really that much of a planetary effect because outside of the relatively local region that's affected by the nuclear fallout like the rest of that stuff's going to get swept up into the atmosphere and kind of get distributed across the globe in amounts that are small enough that are effectively negligible where where you get into problems is if you have an actual nuclear war where u.s and russia decide to like start expending some of their 5,000 nukes on each other and you have 20 or 50 or 100 bombs going off that you start to run into real problems well even half yeah but but what happens is if somebody sends a nuclear weapon the other the so you, you know what happened in uh, hawaii oh the, the the like false alarm from like three years ago so saturday morning january 13th 2018 a ballistic missile alert was accidentally issued uh, via the emergency alert system, you know, on the radio where it goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a public test. Yeah, I actually However, got one of those three minutes ago about a flush flood alert. I saw some lightning in, in uh, behind you. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but the alert stated that, that there was an incoming ballistic missile threat to Hawaii and advised residents to seek shelter and concluded this is not a drill. And it was sent at 8.07 a.m. So imagine you're just laying in bed and your phone starts going, eh. And, so and, I can uh, tell you what's going to happen with that because this actually happened to me in California. When I, when I was there in January, there was mm -hmm. a tsunami warning. Like I get woken up at like seven fifteen in the morning with like a tsunami warning, and I was just like, I'm too damn tired. Whatever. <laughs> like, it's I, I looked at it I was like ah three feet. I feel like I'm more than three feet high. But like, let's just imagine that it was wrong and it was six feet. Like I'm like you know what I'm, I'm gonna take my chances. Like it's too early in the morning to deal with this shit. Well, look what would what would you do if they said a, a ballistic nuclear uh, warhead was headed towards your island, and then eight minutes and thirteen seconds later, the state issued a notice uh, saying that there was a miscommunication during a drill. Um. And then the governor apologized for what had happened. I, I can see. I can only. I would of, love to have been in the room where they were doing like, all right. So we got this emergency alert system. Let me just show you how this works. Like, if you need to do it, like you type in the message here, and like, 
like once it's all set up, like check these boxes, um, type here, and like this is the box to hit send. Don't click that. Oops. Uh oh. Oops. Oops. <laughs> Uh, so look, the emergency alert is the same one that you get on your phone. This one says emergency alert, ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. All yeah. in capital. If I if I get that, honestly, I'm pouring a drink. I I have the same. I agree with you a hundred percent. Like that's what, what else am I gonna do? I'll pour a drink and then I'll follow the advice to stay indoors. Like I'll hope that my house doesn't collapse. But. Like, what else am I going to do? I'm not going to be able to make it to the grocery store and stock up. Like, take a look around, figure out, like, what I've got, and then, like, sit at the bar. The bar in my house. Yeah, the bar in your house, exactly. Um, all right, so, look, we're uh, we're about out of time. I think it's now is a good time to conclude. I don't exactly know how to... How to conclude? What's the link on that uh, that you can that you can talk to like government officials and tell them you don't want nuclear weapons? Uh, Give that page open. It's at the bottom of the, the shared uh, Google Doc there. Oh, um, maybe just announce that. But yeah, uh, yeah, 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 let me see. Well, I'm trying to read. Oh, no, no two nukes dot org. That's so that you can send a message that won't be read. N o t o nukes dot org. Yeah. Yeah. And nukes is spelled N u k e s. Yep. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I haven't even checked that website out. But that was what the article recommended. You, uh, you, you tweet. I guess <laughs> you send them a tweet. I, I uh, just don't see it happening. I, if I'm going to be harassing my government about something, I'm going to pick something that they might actually take action on. Scary stuff, though. I, uh, I really, you know, the, on Monday when I saw that thing from New York City, I did freak out a little bit. I was like, "Fuck! Like, where did this come from? Are we under threat?" And they're like, oh, no, there was no specific threat. There's no, we just thought it would be a good idea to have this out there, but there is no threat. We're always under threat. I'm yeah. like, oh, wait, what? Wait, well, you're always at, <laughs> wait, but so the regular threat was, it, did you get a new threat yesterday that maybe you want to share with us? <laughs> I also think that the advice in that video of stay put is good in the very short term, but not in the medium to long term. Because eventually you're going to need to get to someplace better than where you are. Depending on where you are, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just the, the radiation is really, if you're not dead, then you've got to, if you're not instantly dead, um, then it's the radiation you have to worry about. And that's scary. That is, that is truly scary. Uh, and it's sad that we got to bring this up as a, as a topic of conversation, but I think it's things. Yo, it was way worse 50 or 60 years ago. But that's what I was cover. thinking. That's what I was thinking when we were preparing for this. Is like, this is stuff that they were teaching kids in school. Like they're well, teaching you can kids think right about now. It, like that was their shooter. active shooter drills. Except, but I'm thinking that, that like everybody like, shouldn't ha be having to do that. That's only because our generation, the ones that have the five and twelve year olds, didn't have to do the nuclear fallout drills. Yeah, although I am going to say that the active shooter drills are going to be way more traumatizing to kids than just having to hide under a desk for three minutes. And wait until you get eviscerated. <laughs> and I also love the idea that, like, your desk is, like, this magic, like, adamantium or something that's going to protect you. Like, if you watch the videos, like, the, the PSAs or, like, the like the, the videos that they made the kids watch in school, it like, with this 50s narrator speaking the transatlantic, like, accent. And, like, and you see, like, the kids that are underneath, like, the desks and, like, the bomb comes by and they're all fine and smiling. You're like, no. 
Like, can you can you after this video? Can you send me after after this uh, cast? Can you s find one of those videos and send it to me? I will like see what I can find, find out. Some way we'll we should get the research uh, department on it. Uh, cool. All right. On that note, we got to close. We'll wait for the music to wind us out. But uh, thank you guys for joining for this podcast. If you were live, if you're listening afterwards, make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel. You subscribe to the audio podcast, and you have to message us and let us know what you want to hear about. Otherwise, we're just going to keep talking about shit that we like talking about, which maybe you enjoy, maybe not. But uh, <laughs> thank you guys for coming. Uh, this has been a fun cast. And uh, Justin DiGiulio, on behalf of James the Bosnator Boswell, saying adios. Cheers. All right. If you made it this far, I want to thank you, first of all. And uh, if you have not already, ask you to subscribe on YouTube or any audio podcast platform. And if you don't mind interacting with the podcast, whether it's a like, a comment, or a share, we would really appreciate that. So, uh, thanks. And on that note, see you later. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.